How are you? Hey, good morning, man. Good to see good you, man. Good morning. So uh, thanks for being here. Talking about events, um, IEB is having an event, right? Coming up. I saw yeah. something going on in uh, San Antonio. Yes, sir. Yeah, we've got a few things going on right now. So we have uh, the IEB Regional Masterminds coming up uh, later this month, actually. Yeah. Um, so that's for IEB members. But I believe what you're referencing is our IEB Unite Conference. Unite, right. Yeah, which is our bigger yeah. conference that we do each, uh, usually in May. And yeah. uh, that one's going to be in San Antonio this year. Usually is the the largest event that we do with yeah. tons and tons of people, lots of business, education, connection, culture yeah. building, that kind of thing. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. I think events are fantastic. I mean, we went, the entire country, the world went through like a, a terrible moment where we couldn't see each other. And uh, I really appreciate to hear other organizations keeping up with the events, you know, either online, virtual or live, which is really good. You really have to be face to face. Is that, is that one of the, is that one of the primary benefits of being a member of IEB? That's a great question. So I would say that there's layers to answering that. I mean, yeah. one is the reality that we're all over the country spread out. It's difficult to find, you know, a 20 plus year veteran with 20 plus years of proven success in the industry locally that can coach or mentor you. So there, there has to be an online component at some point, okay. Yep. but nothing beats getting out from behind the camera and connecting in person. Nothing will yep. ever beat that. Yep. Yeah. hundred percent. So tell me, um, how'd you, how'd you become CEO of Inspector Empire Builder? Yeah. So that's a, a question most people ask me <laughs> yeah. and the answer is always, uh, interesting because I'm not from the home inspection world. I'm not from yeah. real estate. I'm not from construction or any of the typical places people come from in this industry. Yeah. My background, um, is I was a, a tradesman of sorts, a paramedic by trade, definitely a technician minded industry as well. Yeah. Um, so the, the very short version of my story is that I spent 13 years running an EMS agency and working in emergency management with the state of Texas and really building systems, processes, leading teams, all kinds of things in like high stress, critical sort Excellent. of situations. Yeah. 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 And, uh, I got to a point about 13 years in where it was, Hey, the next thing is probably politics. There's not really much else to do in EMS in the EMS industry. I had kind of peaked. And uh, I actually went back to school and I was working on a public administration degree and I was, I was going to go head first into it. And then I had this epiphany that what I had thought had become my passion, which is building systems and processes and really kind of uh, helping people nail things in the emergency service world was a growing passion for doing that with people, helping people build systems and processes so that they could nail the things they want to work on as a person. Yeah. That's what kind of turned me on to coaching initially. And so I abandoned the whole industry, left that, went a different direction, decided I'd become some kind of consultant, um, probably in the healthcare space or emergency service or something like that. Went back to college again, got another degree and, uh, and got this nice intermediary coaching job that I thought would be fun for a little while doing health coaching. Hmm. And uh, I spent all of about a week as a health coach when they figured out my background and they decided that the person who hired me and myself needed to switch roles. Yeah. And uh, I ended up running a couple of health coaching locations in Houston, uh, a couple teams of coaches. And that was yeah. a, a, an incredibly powerful way to learn coaching 
uh, on top of systems, teams, all that kind of stuff. So thousands of hours later, coaching people in the health space, um, I was starting to look for the next great team of people to work with that could use coaching, facilitation skills, that type of stuff. And I actually ran across IEB in my own hometown, just six minutes from my house. Uh, I ran across a job opening for what was called an operations integrator. Um, if you've read Rocket Fuel and had different books like that, you're probably familiar with that term, but basically the guy who operationalizes the vision. Yep. Yeah. And so I applied for that job. I thought, well, this looks cool. Good way to use some consulting, coaching, facilitation skills and actually go out and do stuff for people that's impactful. And uh, the, the interesting thing is, is the interview process took six months with IEB. Uh, and because we first off, they were putting me through the same thing that we teach, right? The, the really robust interview process for a key hire. Yeah. And at the same time, COVID happened the wow. week that they were going to offer the job. And so everything, the brakes got put on everything, and uh, uh, it, which was smart at the time because nobody knew it was going to happen in the industry. I wasn't sure what was going to happen with IEB at that point either. But it gave us time also to get to know each other more, keep meeting, keep interviewing, and the opportunity uh, to become the CEO of IEB had emerged. And so, uh, I was brought on initially as an operations integrator or rather I applied for that. And then as I came into that world, uh, the opportunity organically shifted to CEO so that the current CEO could step out, go do other things. Yeah. And we'd, there, there was a pivotal thing that had to happen there too, which is partly why all this occurred, which was that IEB in its early days were all about just a few people running the groups. And we wanted to take it to the next level and yeah. become a true coaching masterminding uh, company. Yeah. So yeah. Our, own, our own evolution of systems, processes, and team building. So you had to, at one point in your life, you had to kind of abandon, kind of stop whatever you were doing. You kind of maxed out. Or maybe you got, uh, had this epiphany of changing your life or, or doing something similar, but you had to just stop and then jump to another industry. Um, and I have a feeling that there's a lot of inspectors who do that, like they maybe lose their job or they're in, in an industry that is physically demanding and they want to just stop and jump somewhere else. You kind of did that, but you took your skill set with you, right? Would Absolutely. You say that? Yeah. Yep. I, I would but say you, that it- you had the 10,000 hours already put in, you had the 10,000 hours of coaching, <laughs> essentially, you had this great knowledge of how to coach teams from this one industry EMS to, and you brought it over to, um, coaching inspectors in the home inspection industry. Yeah, there's a hundred percent. That's exactly right. And what has been really interesting to me is first off the word home inspector was never even part of my vocabulary (laughs) until I came and found IEB. Right. And so it's an interesting thing to have an outsider's perspective of the industry and and sort of look at it from a business perspective, which is what I really love to do is just kind of think about business in general before we think about the niche that is home inspections. Um, And I see a lot of parallels between the world I came from and the world I'm in now, or that technician minded paramedic, for example, like I would have never been running a county EMS agency if I had stayed a technician minded paramedic, right? I had to go to a level of leadership and team building different things like that. And I see the same thing with home inspectors is, you know, it's very difficult to make that shift from technician minded to business owner and then true entrepreneur later on down the road where you have multiple businesses and that type of thing. A lot of parallels there for sure. And I think it's because uh, a lot of home home inspectors believe 
getting into it, that if they're technically competent, they're going to be successful in their business. Maybe because they see so much of the technical resources to be trained as a home inspector, but they don't see that next set of resources to take them from being a good, well-trained, maybe competent home inspector to running a successful business. It's kind of like scary when you don't see that next step. Maybe that's where IEB has that position. Yeah. I mean, that's also spot on. In fact, I think it goes even further back than the initial training of becoming a home inspector. Yeah. So when you, when you zoom out and you think about who's attracted to this industry in general, right. right? It's, it's typically people who are looking for a certain thing. And there's two different probably buckets we could probably talk about. One is people who are looking for a steady income, right? Just to be able to afford their lifestyle and yep. have some security and that type of thing. And there's nothing wrong with that at all. Right. And then you have some people who come in already knowing and understanding that I'll do inspections for a little while, but I'm building a business. Um, and that's a whole different way of thinking. In yeah. fact, um, a few people come to mind, Harmony Brown being one uh, awesome person. Uh, and there's a few others that come to mind that have never done a home inspection, right? Mm -hmm. They came into the industry knowing I'm going to build a business. I'm not going to just do inspections. Yeah. Neither one of those are right or wrong, but they're definitely both paths that we choose either on purpose or accidentally sometimes. Um, and one of my favorite things about uh, IEB is when people come to IEB, it's oftentimes either from a place of abundance or a place of pain, right? From abundance, it's like, hey, I know exactly what I'm doing. I want to be around people who are doing it like me or yeah. people I can learn from, like-minded yeah. people. Yeah. <clears throat> I want to build a business. I want to cut systems. I want to cut the trial and error out of systems building, that type of stuff. Yeah. And then there are people that come from a place of pain where it's like, hey, I've been working this growth plan for six years and I'm, you know, I can't seem to break this revenue or inspection limit. And yeah. that's very, very common. Yeah. Um, but the same thing happens to both. As soon as you're exposed to a group of people who are thinking bigger about what they're doing, your vision instantly expands and you start to see things that you weren't seeing and you start to be able to make connections that you weren't making. And uh, it's really fun to sit back and look at people and their change that's happening in them is really just a product of being around people that are influencing them in a different way than they're used to. Yeah. yeah. So if I was... Um a brand new inspector. And, uh, I was like, um, I was in that pain mode, experiencing some suffering, some financial mm -hmm. stress, pressures, mental, maybe physical. And, uh, I was looking at IEB. Would I be welcome or is it really for those who, you know, have, have gone through that mental exercise of, do I have what it takes to be a home inspector? And I already have my goals in mind. Do you, do you take brand new green people? That's a really good question, Ben. So we we actually get that a lot, especially when we're talking to people who are curious about IEB. Yeah. Um, the, the the thought is that IEB is for multi-inspector firms. We hear that all the time. It's like, yeah, yeah. I'm just starting out. So I'm yeah. not sure if you can help me. I'll, I'll join in a few years. It's right. like, okay. I've well, heard that. Yeah, yeah, I have heard it a lot too. And, and, and that's okay. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. But um, the reality is, is that IEB is a come as you are type of organization. Uh, wherever you are in your business stage, there's a place for you in IEB. Yeah. 
um, from the guy who's just opened his doors and knows that he wants to build something special, he or she, um, to the guy who's been in for 20, 30 years and just knows there's another level. Like there, yep. everything, every one of those and everything in between is all represented in IEB. Yep. Um, but then the commonality there is that we're all people, right? We're, if we just think of ourselves as home inspectors or technicians, then that's a very self-limiting conversation. It's like, okay, well, we're all going to become the best inspectors that we can. And like, that's the limit. But instead, if we can get together and have a conversation about, well, how are we going to have a business that works for us and develop that? Whether it means I stay a single man shop my whole life, which is fine if that's what you decide, or I build an empire of hundreds and hundreds of employees. Also not wrong, both good answers. You just got to be clear about what you want. Uh, either way, it's always easier to do that stuff. As I'm sure, you know, you know, when you're surrounded with people who want to do that stuff, yep. makes me think of, uh, some of the guys in markets that are super out in the middle of nowhere. Right. And, uh, and perhaps they don't have the opportunity, the market opportunity to become a very, very large company. Hmm. Um, I've talked to a handful of guys like that before. And when I start explaining that, yeah, there's companies in IEB that have 15 inspectors, 20 inspectors, 50 inspectors, their mind explodes. This has happened a few times. Yeah, I've had a couple of people tell me, <clears throat> excuse me, I didn't know you could have more than two or three inspectors. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, so there, even in 2024, there's still a lot of thinking out there that is, uh, is really limited in that people don't understand what you can really do with an inspection company. If you understand your market opportunity, you understand that you just happen to do inspections, but the real meat of your company is that you are an entrepreneur who sells things um, rather than just inspections. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of, uh, a lot of opportunity left on the table in our industry from people who are just simply not exposed to higher level conversations. Tell me about your coaches, your coaches <clears throat> at, at, at IEB. What do I, uh, if I was going to join IAB and come into the family or maybe take one of your, uh, monthly, uh, zoom calls, um, would I see some of the coaches and, and why don't you tell me about who they are and what do they do? Sure. So, yeah. So before I just explain who the coaches are, it's probably useful to understand what they, what they do and how IEB is kind of carved up. So, yeah. yeah. So IEB is, uh, the memberships, if you will, are divided up into levels. And the reason they're divided up into levels is not so that you can pay more and get into a higher level or anything like that. It's so that you're organized according to your business stage, right? So for example, our builder level business stage is for inspection companies from one to four inspectors. And those guys are oftentimes working on similar business problems, uh, such as hiring their first guy, uh, maybe it's team building. If they've got three or four guys, um, things like organizational structure, growth plans, economic models, so that you have a scalable company, that kind of stuff. Um, the, the business model that we teach is a pretty traditional service company model, service operations growth, the SOG model, SOG. And so in that one to four man phase, people come in as a builder level company for us. And that's what they're focused on. Let's learn the service operations, growth lanes of a home inspection company and all the systems and processes that go into each of those, which there's many, many layers to that, of course. Um, and we're careful to keep a high level view of all those things. We don't want to identify as the business owner in any of those lanes. We want to think through the lens of how do I give these hats to somebody else as I'm building a business? Right. So, so that's kind of the starting point for the, the smaller companies, the one to four man range. 
the coaches for that group are uh, JT Edgren, uh, the Hopkins, Rob Michelle Hopkins, and Brandon Paternoster, all people who have been in the industry for a very long time, running really successful home inspection companies. And uh, not only are they teaching the IEB systems and processes, but of course, they're pouring their own experience and expertise into that group as well. Um, and then there's two other groups that we can talk about as well that are for the five to 15 inspector range and then the yeah. 16 and beyond. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, you, you use the word think and thought a lot. Like there's a lot of thinking and, and mental exercises and, and processes someone has to take in order to be really good at what they do or have goals of starting a business and being really good at operating that business. And I think, um, you know, I've taught a lot of uh, new inspectors that, you know, the whole world changes when you think of yourself as a business owner, if that's your goal, instead of just thinking about, you know, being the best at inspecting a roof. But if you could set up some processes, can you imagine your business running without you? Was one of the questions I like to ask, you know, and a lot of people don't even get there, right? Have never been asked that or have gone through that thought, can I, can I have my business run without me? And if you can't, then there's something wrong, right? You're missing some, some really operations uh, training. Yeah. What kind of answers do you typically get when you ask people that? No, there's absolutely not. So I'm, yeah. my world is usually around um, brand new members who are mm -hmm. just coming from somewhere and they need some assistance. You know, where the, I feel like uh, our webinar system is really just filled with a lot of people who need that first uh, rung of the ladder mm -hmm. and grab onto something that's stable. And that's InterNACHI, right? Mm -hmm. we, we grab those new inspectors and bring them into a, a system where they have all the resources that they need and they need a little guidance along the way. But along the way, it's really like um, what I see from IEB is um, more of an internal kind of investigation. You have to you have to think about um, your mental state, you know, and where you are. Do you want to just work for someone else and be a great inspector for that company, or do you have a goal of running a successful business? And if that's true, that's a different kind of mindset. It's a completely different kind of mindset. You have to think of yourself as one of those hats, right? You have to give the hats to other people. And that's a, that's a training process that seems very challenging for a lot of folks because, mm -hmm. you know, maybe they just want a good job. They want the bills to be paid. They want to go on vacation. They want to pay the mortgage, but they're not too sure whether they need to do it all themselves or be a part of some other company that handles those things for them. And I try to help those folks out. Well, that's definitely work worth doing, man. You're doing a great thing because a lot of people come into this industry because there's low barriers to enter it, right? You yep. can get some training, come in, and it's only after they get in that they discover that they have options. Um, yep. And I think that's a powerful thing alone to talk about is understanding the options right at the start. Like you said, should I spend some time or do I want to spend some time working with a, a great company and and be a, a great technician and earn a great living, which is an amazing answer if that's what you want. Um, but I believe a lot of people, partly because it's marketed this way in schools, um, but I believe a lot of people come into the industry too, believing that 
hey man, in six months to a year, I'm going to be rich and have time freedom. And, <laughs> and I'm just going to have these piles of inspections coming my way and it's going to be super fun and easy. And in fact, when I do um, our monthly webinar for, for what we call non-members, basically people who are curious about IEB and want to do some coaching, we do that once a month. Yeah. Um, when I do that webinar, I usually start off with that. It's like, I know you guys all got into this to just have piles of money and time freedom and autonomy, right? And that's exactly how this works. You just get your license, a truck, and all of a sudden you're free. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously that's a silly thing to talk through. And it's obviously not the truth either. Um, I think what happens for a lot of guys is th this, this isn't everybody, but this is a really common pattern. They, they jump into the industry they start to understand a little bit about relationship building and uh, getting some inspections, maybe even have some connections already. And so they get some inspections and uh, from agents or friends or family, different things like that. Uh, and then all of a sudden you hit a wall at some point. If you're not really nailing the growth piece of your company, you'll hit a wall where it's like, oh my gosh, this is actually hard to get more inspections. I need to figure this out. Um, and then what I see, and this is what, what, I believe slows down a lot of momentum. What I see is people will hide behind their computer, um, start tinkering around with their website and social media and pay-per-click and spending tons of cash on digital ads and things like that, all of which have a place in yep. your business. Um, but nothing in the beginning stages of a business will replace getting out there, meeting people and, and creating word of mouth and brand awareness while you uh, can do it in person. And so it's in those painful times where I start seeing people asking great questions, which is the benefit of pain in general, if you allow it to be. So it allows you to ask some really great questions. It's like, gosh, if I want to actually have a business, what do I need to be doing right now? And who can I learn it from? That's the, yep. I think the most powerful question is who can teach me so that I'm not sitting here spinning my wheels for three or four years and uh, just getting the same result, working my butt off, you know? That's right. That's right. Do you think, uh, do, have you found that successful people and particularly those in IEB have uh, gone through uh, a period of pain? I, I believe that most people not only have, but need to, <laughs> you know, and, and that, that might sound. <laughs> it's terrible. It's terrible. I don't want to say it out loud, but I'm glad you did. <laughs> well, it's it's true, right? And, and so I have the benefit of being um, the only coach in IEB that's not from the inspection space. And so when I think about when I think about home inspectors and building businesses and things like that, I think about my old world and how uh, everything was painful. And it's like, okay, so the the pain we feel in this industry is nothing compared to you know death and destruction and burning and fire and all that I kind see, of yeah. stuff. So you know what? When we start thinking about what is pain in the home inspection industry it's really the pain of uncertainty. Like that's what we're dealing with, right? Uncertainty being, I don't know what I want to do with my company or what I want to build. I don't know what it looks like in three years, five years, 10 years. I don't know if I want to be a single man shop or have the headache of hiring people or the benefit of hiring people. Um, and then when you start drawing even smaller circles around what you're focused on, it's, I don't know what growth strategy I'm best at and should be executing on. Right? Am I am I good at prospecting? Am I good at digital? Like I probably should focus on the one I'm good at, but I don't know. And and the list goes on and on, but it always kind of boils down to, well, I just don't feel certain, so I won't act. I won't do anything, or I don't feel certain, so I'll try everything. Hmm. Both of which are chaotic strategies. Yep. 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 Uh, 
yeah it's it's um it has a lot to do with um like not knowing what to do i, I find a lot of folks they don't know what to do next they may have all the resources available to them but they're not quite sure what to do next and not knowing what to do next not having a clear path a step-by-step -step process um is scary for folks who are especially trying to be the best home inspector you know um and they you mentioned it before they tend to um some folks tend to do uh the busy work because it feels good to do something on your business to work on your business you're posting uh, social media posts to no one. You're you're uh, sending out an email to no one. You're you know you're running an ad and spending some money on your credit card that you really shouldn't be, um, and you seem to be very business uh, you know oriented and working on your business every day, and nothing's really happening because maybe the hard work, the stuff that's uncomfortable, mm. the stuff that isn't very clear to you, the steps aren't very clear. That's the kind of work you have to do, right? You you mentioned building relationships. What what's that about? What's the the easy part is doing the the Facebook ads. What's the hard part of running a a successful business? And you talked about relationship building. I think um, so. I'm going to take this a direction most people don't see it going. But when when I talk about relationship building. Really, it's it's true relationship building. But when people hear me say relationship building, sometimes as a coach, what they hear is say the exact right things to people so that I get inspections. Hmm. It's like, no, that's not it, man. Like I'm talking about legitimately building relationships. Think about how you do that with your spouse or with your friend or with your other, you know, people you care about in your world. Um, it's not a manipul manipulative thing. It's a legitimate, I care about getting to know you kind of thing. Right. So um, if it's okay, I'll just kind of riff on this for a second of, of yeah. how we teach it. And so yeah. when somebody's having trouble with sales in their company, a lot of times we'll try to deconstruct that and figure out, okay, what's going on here? And a lot of times it boils down to this question. Well, when you meet with somebody, whether it's a phone call, a Zoom call, a coffee shop, their office, the house that you're doing inspection, wherever, what does that conversation look like? And how are you turning that conversation into an opportunity to do business together in the future? Hmm. Well, a lot of times people don't know how to answer that because they, they just really haven't really thought about it before, or perhaps they just truly don't know the answer. Um, so we'll dig in a little deeper and we'll say things like, okay, well, walk me through this exercise. Let's say I'm an agent and you're coming to meet me. I agreed to meet you for coffee just to get to know you. Um, maybe reluctantly, maybe not. I don't know. But let's say we agreed to meet. No. How does that first meeting go? Like, what do you talk about, <laughs> right? And inevitably, the the standard reply is something like, well, "Hey, I just wanted to get to know you, Ben. I'm an inspector in town. I do fast reports. I show up on time. I smell good. My truck is clean. And you should do business with me because I happen to do inspections like the other guy down the road." Yeah, right. And I'm on the other side like this. Uh -huh. Yep. <laughs> Sipping my coffee, listening to this stuff it's yeah. it's exactly right yep <laughs> and uh and and that's okay right that's how we answer those types of scenarios when we're technician focused it's like hey yep. do business with me because i'm the best technician in town um well that will only get you so far really i mean it actually might get you some inspections but it, it doesn't very often lead to 
a repeat pipeline of inspections that turns into a referral pipeline right. that really exponentially grows. So the next level of, of questioning is, okay, thanks for telling us that, how that meeting would go, but how would that meeting go if you were really, really clear about the vision of your company? How would you explain the vision of your company? Hmm. And so now we're talking about, okay, hey, Ben, it's great to meet you. Uh, I just wanted to let you know that, hey, I've got a really big vision for my company. I want to help the community. I want to build a team. I want to do really good hmm. things. I want to build this big world. And, I, and I'd love to do business with you and for you to be a part of it. Yeah. Okay. We're, we're moving the right direction, but we're still not there. Yeah. Right. So the next level is what's their vision? How are you going to get to know theirs? Right. Because th we know the, the phrase is, if you want to be interesting, be interested. And so the skill here is to be curious, show curiosity. In fact, we sometimes will say in that first meeting with an agent, you sh your goal should be to try not to even talk about your company, like just get to know them and what they're doing. Because when you walk away from that meeting, you want them to like you and trust you, genuinely so. Um, not just have a list of information filed away in their brain that you gave them. Right. 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 So in order for me to get your vision, I'd have to be super curious and ask you all about what you're doing. Ask great questions, right? Hey, Ben, what are you doing in the real estate world? What have you learned? Why are you doing it? What's that been like? Tell me more. I'd love to understand. Go deeper. Yeah. Um, and the way we teach that is in order to understand how to get somebody else's vision, you have to really be able to articulate your own, hmm. right? You've got to go through the exercise of understanding what you want your business to be providing for you and doing for you so that you can make that connection of a true vision to somebody else's. Now, here's a really special thing that happens if you get good at this. There a lot of agents are just like home inspectors. They may not have a vision. They may not be able to articulate really well what they're doing or what they're building. And so in that moment, you're helping them do that. And that is a thing that will build trust and make you the most interesting person in the room when you're asking hmm. questions like that. Yep. Yep. And is this the, is this the um, conversation piece of IEB coaching? I hear a lot about um, IEB having these conversations that are unique and special um, that you don't get anywhere else. Well, that, what we just went through is just a small piece of the sales training. Yeah. Uh, we talk about, you know, starting with your mission, vision, values, culture. If you can properly articulate what you're doing and who you're doing it for, you'll attract more people to doing business with you. Um, and, and I believe what you're referring to is really the concept that we lead with, which is become the person who will attract the success you're looking for, rather than just going out there like a bull in a china shop, trying to smash and grab success all over the place. <laughs> Uh, yeah. which is frankly what it looks like for a lot of us, myself included at times. We always have to fight that. Yeah. 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 I like that first tier of conversation. A lot of folks um, think marketing is all about that. I mean, that's all there is to marketing, mm -hmm. you know, making sure that you meet those check boxes. I, I write a great report. I'm on time. I smell good. <laughs> I smell good. That's a good one. I'm going to remember that. I smell good. I smell good. Hi, everybody. I'm Ben Gramico, big man inspection. I smell good for your inspections. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, you have to give folks um, a reason to uh, invest in your, in your time, you know, and they need, they need a return on their investment. Right. So, um, and that's in any relationship with your friends or your spouse or your yeah. uh, real estate agent community, you know, they want something in return and it's not just 
a good home inspection report um, with a summary and pictures. It's something else. I like that. Investing and being curious about um, being curious and being interested in other folks. That's really good. Have you ever had um, real estate agents come into your community and and give them give your members a perspective from the real estate agents uh, position? Uh, yeah, actually, we have done that. Not not a bunch, but we have at our conferences and periodically uh, on some of our Zoom calls, we'll have somebody from uh, the real estate world come in and give their perspective. In fact, um, we have an awesome guy named uh, Matt Muscat, who's leading our monthly growth call, which is just all things growth for a home inspection company. And um, he's do, he, his day job, if you will, is that he teaches agents how to sell. So he works directly with agents. He's been in that world for a long time. And he's actually... Um, <laughs> the comments are funny here. Oh, good. Um, I'm glad you see them. Good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So he, he's from outside the inspection space. He's in the real estate space and he's coming in to teach us how, uh, how agents want to be talked to and that kind of thing, you know, as far as social media tactics and sales tactics and conversations, scripts, et cetera. Yeah. yeah. I heard um, there's a company out there that went out and found a growth agent who was a real estate agent. Um, and so hiring a real estate agent uh, was an interesting concept for a home inspection business to mm -hmm. find an agent who already has the the gift of gab and already may have a an office network that they can tap into, um, but they're not selling homes. So they're um, available to work for actually a home inspection company. Have you mm -hmm. ever heard of that uh, approach? Uh, quite commonly, yeah, I have. Yeah. Um, in fact, it's it's probably grown in popularity in the last year or so as people are trying to build lists of agents to, to yeah. prospect to and to do business with. Uh, it's a, it, it, I mean, I, I think it's a smart strategy to just have friends from that world who can help you with that in general, uh, even outside of hiring somebody from, from that space. But, and if you can have somebody on payroll who speaks the language and can help you grow your company because they speak the language, then yeah. why not? That sounds like a big win to me. Yeah. yeah. Do you have any other tips? What's a what's a couple you know tips for home inspectors for InterNACHI members? What would you tell an InterNACHI member um, who's somewhat new? They joined and they're getting trained and they're thinking about running their own business. Um, okay. What, what would you, what would you, how would you coach them? What would you say are some of the most important things to keep in mind in the next six months? Okay, great. Yeah. That's a broad question. And that there's two things that immediately come to mind. Yeah. Uh, one is clarity with what you're doing, what the heck you're doing, right? Like, are you just, <laughs> is it just inspections or is this something else? Yeah. Um, so that's one thing. The other thing is like it, at that stage, only two things matter that you have a good product and that you're selling it, right? And there's a lot of things that go into those two, but uh, otherwise, if you're not doing those, you're not gonna be around for long and those nothing else really matters. Yeah. So yeah. starting with the first thing, um, we would run somebody through a, a series of questions. You know, as a coach, I would basically say, hey, you got your training, awesome job, great. You obviously did a lot of work to get here, uh, even in just the mental shift of going from whatever you were doing before to this. So let's talk about what you actually want it to provide for you. Uh, and it's okay if you can't see 10 years into the future or five years or even one year, but let's talk about right now, what should your company be doing for you? Oftentimes we're looking at it from the other perspective, which is what do I need to be doing for the company? Hmm. 
right? And so when we flip the script and we say, hey, Ben, it's day one in your inspection company. What should your company be doing for you right now? You'd be like, uh, giving me money so I can pay my grocery bill. Yeah. <laughs> okay, great. That's a good start. And that's most of the time, uh, oftentimes where people are at the beginning is it, well, it just needs to provide income. Yeah. Awesome. So if income is your goal right now, let's talk exactly about that. So what needs to be happening in your business? Remember, we're taking the approach of looking from the outside in, not the technician inside the business. Yeah. What does your business need to be doing right now in order to produce income? And that's the second thing that came to mind is like growth strategy right at the beginning. So it, it is so common, I believe, for people to jump into the industry and believe that you know their social media game or their, uh, their, their pile of cash that they squirreled away for pay-per-click ads or something is just going to get them this huge influx of inspections. And, yeah. and nothing could be farther from the truth because you have to get out there and become known in your industry, even for those things to work. Yep. So it, it's, it's this, if you're a brand new inspector, you got to understand what your business should be doing for you in your life. That's step one. Step two is as you start thinking about growth, spend time as slow and painful as it may seem, spend time being able to articulate what you're doing and who you're doing it for. And that's going to help you with your confidence and your consistency, meeting people with your and having uh, growing relationships in your growth work. So that's the misstep I see all the time is people will get out there and just start asking for inspections rather than being able to explain, Hey, I'm a business owner. I'm, I'm here. I'm on, on the scene, ready to do business. And here's why, yep. um, versus, you know, just, just in my mind, I don't know how, how this will sound come across, but in my mind, playing small, just going for one inspection at a time. <clears throat> Yeah. All right, let's make that a little more tactical. So what do you actually, what does that actually mean? Yep. The way we teach it when you're starting out and uh, wanting to grow the pipeline and get inspections is you really have to have systems level thinking, right? And so people right. oftentimes think in terms of situations, situation in this case being, well, I need inspections. Let's go get an inspection. But if we think systems, we think, okay, who do I need to be talking to? How many of those people do I need to be talking to? Right. And how frequently do I need to be talking to those people to get the exact number of inspections I'm going for this month? Yep. That's way different, right? And so let's say we wanted 10 inspections for month, month two. Uh, well, how are we going to do that? L let's make some assumptions here based on some, some loose industry norms, maybe. And this is really more for easy math. So nobody quote me on these numbers, but uh, let's say we want those 10 inspections and we know that we can convert 50% of the agents that we meet with. So how many agents do we need to talk to? Yep. 20 agents, right? Yep. And let's say only 50% of the agents actually meet with me who say they're going to meet with me. So if that's the case, I need to set a meeting with 40 agents. And if that's the case, I need to have at least a leads list of 40 agents, 40 quality agents that I want to do business with, right? And so systems level thinking goes like this. If at the end of month two, I did not get those 10 inspections, uh, do I throw out the whole thing and just assume that this plan didn't work? Uh, most people would. They'd give up. They'd stop doing things altogether only to start the same failed plan later. Again, rinse and repeat for years. See it all the time. Um the better approach is systems level thinking. You look at the system and you ask yourself, okay, what part of the system did not work? Let's focus in on that. Is my conversion rate too low? I need to take a look at what I'm saying and how I'm connecting with people. Is my leads list too small? I need to take a look at 
where I'm getting my leads and how I'm, uh, how I'm list building that kind of stuff. So yep. systems level thinking, even at the beginning. <clears throat> so what you're saying really can be applied right now in this kind of economy. Um, the inspectors that I talked to, a lot of them were saying, you know, it's not like it was last year, you know, business is down, the market is slow and there's no calls, nothing's being scheduled. So you're talking about like going back and seeing what systems you had in place back then, if any, that were working and you need to measure your performance of those systems, right? You have mm -hmm. to know what is working and what isn't. I think that's a big problem with a lot of home inspection companies. They think things are doing great. When things are doing great, everything's great. When <laughs> things are when things are terrible, they're not sure what they should focus on. They, and you're saying there's some kind of process or system that hasn't worked for you. And you mm -hmm. didn't do the math going backwards like you did. Like if you need one inspection per agent per month, then you need a, a huge list. You need 400 people that you need to be talking to in your network or something like that. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. what you need to be thinking about when business is slow. Well, I like the way Gary Keller put it, which is that whether you're slow, fast, or somewhere in the middle, you're always hammering the gas pedal of growth, <laughs> right? Like growth activity never stops. And so here's a, here's a trend that I'll see with new guys, um, uh, again, very commonly is that they're very hungry in the beginning. They'll do anything to get an inspection, right? Yeah. And, and rightfully so, we should be that hungry in the beginning. We'll build relationships. We'll give discounts. We'll go do our grandma's house for free just to get a testimonial. Like we'll do everything. Um, and, and that's great. Uh, but what happens is as you taste some success and you start to get busy, especially as a single man shop, uh, what happens is we get busy and I start hearing things like, well, now I'm busy and I don't want to turn away business. So I'm just, I'm going to stop doing growth work for a while um, because I don't want to make the agents upset if I'm turning away business as if you could just kind of turn off the faucet and still get the exact number of, of inspections you want forever. Yeah. Obviously it doesn't work that way. And so what will happen is they'll get busy, they'll stop doing the growth work and then they will get slow. They'll slow down a bit. And then they'll go, oh gosh, I better do some growth work. And then they'll do the growth work again. <laughs> well, remember it takes 60 to 90 days to warm up a pipeline for growth. And so we see this, uh, this pattern playing out all over the industry, coast to coast and in Canada of people who are doing lots of inspections and then not lots of inspections yeah. and then lots of inspections and then not, and they just rinse and repeat this, this process for their entire career sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Now here's yeah. where it takes some painful discipline. As a smaller company, even when you are busy, you've got to keep some time carved out to, to do two things. One, work on your business, right? To be the business owner, but two, still do growth work. Yep. It's better to give business away than it is to not have business Yep. all, all day, every day. Yep. Um, and that also sets you up for future opportunities if you do decide to hire somebody or you decide to... Um, I don't know, maybe do a few extra inspections to, to go pay for a trip or something like that, right? You have some stuff coming your way that you could take advantage of rather than, oh gosh, I got to spend more time warming up the pipeline every 60 to 90 days than I do doing inspections. Yep. Yeah. For, um, yeah. When we were running a business, uh, home inspection business, we thought about marketing as um, not filling up the calendar, but overflowing it. 
Because yes. instead of the goal being uh, a busy calendar, hey, how's business? Oh, we're busy. Um, marketing is all about uh, being overwhelmed, almost choking on the number of jobs that are coming in. That's the goal. So that you can take the gravy and then dish out the, you know, to your fellow home inspectors, uh, the extra stuff. Um, hey, I saw you on Think Magazine this morning. Oh, did that come out? <laughs> yeah, you're on the cover of Think Magazine, man. <laughs> That's interesting. So, congrats. Uh, a good looking picture. Thank you. you. Take a good picture. Um, let's see. Uh, let's see. I saw David um, set out, he chatted. Uh, I have realtors ask me to come in and do a PowerPoint presentation about my company, Death by PowerPoint. What do you think about these PowerPoint presentations? Yeah, that's great. Agents. I'm so glad, David, that you gave us the opportunity to talk about that. So, um, I mean, it, it's it's something that people have a lot of success with, building relationships with offices and with agents, is doing presentations and trainings and different things like that. And, and here's what I would say. If you have the opportunity to go do a presentation about your company, remember the same thing is true that we said about a sales conversation. It, it don't make it about your company, like make it about something bigger and beyond your company that your company is helping you provide either for the community, for your family or for whoever, uh, just make it way bigger. And then you can have a really special presentation about, Hey, here's all the amazing things we stand for. Uh, and we happen to do awesome inspections as well because we care yeah. about that too. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, I teach uh, a lot of inspectors that um, you have to think of yourself as a business owner that does good in the world and mm -hmm. just happens to do home inspections. I love that. Um, is it possible, uh, John asks, is it possible to tap into insurance industry, wind and hail as a revenue channel, certainly seasonal approach? Yeah. What about different, you know, vertical industries that are parallel to our industry. Um, what, do you see a lot of in, successful inspection companies, you know, reaching out to, to go and transfer ver, uh, horizontally to another uh, vertical revenue stream? Uh, yeah, you know, it's a mixed bag, I'd say is probably my answer. I do see a lot of companies doing that. I see some doing it really well. Um, and adding a lot of revenue to their business, um, usually in certain areas, but certain areas of the country. But um, I'll say this too, it's a great strategy if you can give it the proper focus, adding, yeah. whether it be an ancillary service or a new vertical or whatever it is that you're adding onto your business, there is proven success out there, but it can also be a proven distraction. Yeah. Right. So if you're adding a bunch of things on and then all of a sudden you see your inspections falling, um, yeah. you know, we see that a lot in business is people believe that, well, the key to growth is just adding on more and more and more things when they haven't actually nailed getting inspections, building right. those relationships. I, I see a lot of inspection companies reaching out to doing, you know, getting a pesticide license or teaming mm -hmm. up with WDO and termite inspections. And it's uh, it's just weakening their core home inspection business. Do you, yep. do you do you see a lot of uh, what is it with this this trend of partnering with WDO companies? I'm not a hundred percent certain for everybody, but yeah. what I think is happening is in this past probably eighteen months or so, there's been a, a big push to diversify, and yeah. the economy has had a big impact on that, right? And so people are people who have been in the the, the person I feel the worst for is the person who got in 
right after COVID. <laughs> and all they know is the success of a, of a hot industry. They haven't been here long enough to know that it, there's some ebbs and flows in business. Yeah. Um, but what I see is a lot of people talking about diversification yeah. um, as a way to protect your financial security and protect your business and that type of thing. I think that's wonderful. Yeah. In fact, um, in the downturn, a lot of companies started doing things like Christmas lights and really nailing ancillary services and all kinds of other stuff, yeah. which I think is great if yeah. if it's not distracting from your core product, yeah. which is doing great home inspections. Yeah. Yeah. Robert asks, uh, what about the upsides of being a part of a franchise? What do you think of franchises? Yep. Cool question. So uh, I, I come from the franchise world. The That team of health coaches I was leading was a oh. franchise. And so I, I have the unique perspective of coaching franchisees and also having been a franchisee. Um, here's, here's what I'll say. Yeah. The upside of being with a franchise is that they're, you're, you're leveraging their brand, right? And so you're trying to fat, you're trying to hit the fast forward button in sales essentially by using proven systems and models, a proven brand with brand awareness on all the types of things that you would expect to get if you joined a company that already had a high level of trust in uh, in a region. Um, what I believe, and this is this is not talking about any particular franchise sure. out there, but sure. what I believe is that the franchise model itself um, can have some really big strengths and it can have some really big weaknesses too. Yeah. Now, again, remember this this is Mark's experience as a franchisee talking. What I would love to see for anybody out there who's a part of a franchise or is a franchisor is that you're taking the bull by the horns and you're providing education and training to help your people think like a business owner. Um, and that's the biggest gap I see. So there's a huge upside in brand awareness, growth, strategies, systems, processes, things like that. But once you get to the point of being a proficient technician, it typically stops there. And I want to see more of that in the franchise world for our industries that these franchise ors are providing higher level training for people to think bigger than just inspections. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Hey, uh, are there internet members in IEB? Of course. <laughs> yeah. Quite a number. Good. Uh, what are your thoughts about, uh, internet? What do you think about internet? What's your opinion of internet? Good questions. So, I'll give you my most authentic response, and it yeah. may not be that interesting. Uh, I'm not a home inspector, so I haven't spent yeah. much time diving into all the awesome stuff you guys do. Um, what I what I can say, because I was at the InterNACHI conference, um, uh, whatever month that was, the, the last one we did. Yeah, yeah. And when you guys were talking from stage and showed that huge list of stuff you provide for inspectors, <laughs> it was completely overwhelming. I was like, oh my gosh, you guys do so much for people. And uh, the truth is, man, is it seems like you guys are doing a really, really powerful thing for the industry. Hmm. Um, what I hear, and this is oftentimes how I respond to questions like that is with what I hear from people. Yeah. Um, what I hear is a lot of positive comments about the, the types of training and education that are provided. Uh, I hear a lot of positive things about how you guys represent people in the industry and how you stand up and advocate for the industry. Uh, rather than advocating for people outside the industry trying to influence it. Hmm. Um, and I also talk to a lot of guys who are getting education from you guys and feel like it's really accelerating their technician phase. Like I'm I'm becoming a better technician because I, because I have access to this training. So on the flip side, I've not really heard anything bad. And I'd tell you uh, open and honestly, if I did, 
uh, I only hear good things. That's good. That's yeah. good. Well, I think IEB is awesome. Tell me a couple of things about IEB that hasn't come up in the past uh, 45 minutes that we ought to really know about IEB, Inspector Empire Builder, and uh, like, you know, one, two, three things. Sure. What do you think? Yeah. So um, the, the biggest thing is that IEB has a place for every business stage. So one thing that hasn't come out is we, Natalia says, Internachi is the best. We agree. <laughs> uh, one thing that hasn't come up yet is our perspective on the future of the industry. So when I think about the future of the industry and how IEB could serve it, um, what I see is that we were clearly in an interesting time in our economy and, and that's not going to last forever. And I want IEB to be positioned for the next iteration of our industry. Uh, so we're, we're not about just thinking through the lens of today. I'm thinking five, 10 years from now, what does all this look like? And how can IEB help people be prepared for that? Well, the first thing is to just understand IEB is out there for you as a resource. Um, and this is where I get really excited. We've, we've done a really good job over the last five, six years, reaching people in the multi-inspector phase or people who have been in the industry for three, four, five years and beyond. Um, but I know we haven't done a good job with brand awareness and reaching people earlier in their business stages. And this is where I think uh, InterNACHI does a great job. And I'd like IEB to do a better job too. And, and we're leaning into it, reaching people right at the start of their business or even before. Because what I believe is if we can reach people earlier in their business stage, first off, there's going to be more companies uh, excelling in the industry, companies that might have burned out or might not have gotten their growth channels going, or might not have built the right relationships, if they can get coaching earlier in their journey, then they'll be around longer. And at the same time, people will taste a level of freedom and success that they might not have otherwise, if they can stay around longer. Hmm. I forget where this came from, but I, I love the concept that, that business isn't about winning, it's about continuing to play the game. Um, <laughs> so if we can just keep people playing the game, keep people winning in business on a long uh, uh, on a long-term time frame, that's much different than just thinking about today. And so that's probably something powerful to know about IEB is that we're here for you at day one. And we have a, we have a product for people at day one. It's called IEB on demand where, um, you can, it, it's 99 bucks a month. It's all the recorded trainings and all that kind of stuff. And, and you have office hours, access to a business coach, uh, every week. Uh, where you just jump on a Zoom call like this, ask questions, shoot the breeze, talk business, that kind of thing, get some help wherever you need it. Yep. All the way up to uh, what we call the enterprise level companies who have been around forever and have hundreds of employees, some of them, and they're still actively being trained and coached as well. And yeah. everybody in between. Yeah. So, Very good. Very yeah. good. Mark, I really appreciate your time. Um, uh, and, you know, it's a, it's a great thing that you can help Internachi members be really successful at their business uh, and it doesn't matter what stage they're in. I, I really appreciate your, your effort. And uh, uh, for a long time, I've always been trying to reach out to folks just like you who have a great skill set, almost like masters, right? You have a master's degree in what you do and uh, you're willing to share it. And uh, I think uh, IEB is going to be around for a long time. Very successful. Thank you very much. And uh, I appreciate your time being here on an international webinar. Likewise, Ben, it's been a pleasure. It's a shame we haven't talked more. We should do that sometime soon. Jump on a call.
for sure for sure no i want to see you um in person and we'll we'll have a we'll have a, a nice chat Sounds i appreciate good. it mark thank you very thanks much for your time man thanks everybody for um coming if you don't have all of your questions answered feel free probably to email mark or me and and we'll get those uh questions answered for sure because that's all we do all day long is uh, serve <laughs> you and uh help you be more successful again yeah. mark i appreciate it thank you very much bye yep. everybody hey, Stay if safe. i could just throw out one thing if, oh, if yes. somebody does if somebody does want to reach me um yep. you can use my email mark at iebcoaching.com uh or you can connect with me on facebook too i i get a lot of messages from people on facebook i'm happy to go back and forth there as well awesome uh give it that give that contact information again mark m-a-r-k at iebcoaching.com appreciate it mark thank you very much see you buddy bye, bye everybody